Hey guys, welcome back to the All Bodies Nutrition Podcast. This is your host, Eleni, and as always, I'm so grateful to have you here with me today. Today, I have a special guest who is also a good friend of mine and a colleague, and we went to school together, and I'm so happy to have her on the podcast, Lisa Samuels. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I know. I'm so excited. So this will be one of two podcast episodes that we have um, with you. And so today I thought it would be really cool to focus on your business, Beat Mind Soul, and to talk about your progression to finding yoga and how, you know, that kind of process and um, talk a little bit more about your business and, you know, all things regarding that type of stuff. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't don't know. I don't even know where to start. Um, I think like I've been practicing yoga since 2007. Uh, 2015, I had like a nervous breakdown. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do after we graduated post. (laughs) When we we took the RD exam, we took it on the same day. At like different places. Like one point. I don't even remember, but I remember like thinking like everything that I studied was not on this exam. Yeah. And I spent like a month and a half cramming and nothing was on there. (laughs) I I know this is like very much so veering off topic, but I literally scheduled my exam once I got a job. And she was like, okay, can you start in July? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, okay, I got to take this test now. So I think it was like literally like two and a half weeks that I literally crammed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like Gene Inman 24-7. It was insane because I think I just study better under that type of thing. But a lot of it, like I feel like we already knew. But anyway, so 2015 could be seen as a good year and a not so good year. Yeah, I feel like after school, I was always like, oh my, like, what? <laughs> I don't want to do this. Like, I don't yeah. feel like I can. And like, I always knew I never wanted to be in a clinical setting. Yeah. Um. So I was kind of like WTF. And my home studio was having a teacher training. So mm. I was like, okay, <laughs> I got to kill some time. So let me just hop in here. Um. <laughs> I, I never had any intention of like actually teaching. I was looking for a spiritual experience. Yeah. I was looking for a deeper insight into yoga because at that time I was like super heavy, heavily into my practice. Um, so I did it. It was amazing, amazing program. Um, and after I graduated, I knew like this is where. I'm supposed yeah. to be. <laughs> I, did you finish your master's? Um, I I didn't do a nutrition master's. I had one in uh, education that was like a two year. Yeah, <laughs> I told you. I'm I knew that you had a master's, yeah. but I didn't remember where it came from. <laughs> Everything kind of like conglomed, congealed together to get me to where I am yeah. now but yeah that and, was <laughs> and we talk more about this like kind of transformation in this in this journey in the other podcast episode um but obviously you know some of these topics are you know 
overlapping one another, talking about like mental health and figuring out what was going on with that and how to improve your mental health. And it seems that yoga was like something that played a huge role in a big part of your life. Yeah, I think um, as part of my mental health diagnosis, I I, I think bipolar in general always mm-hmm. has like very strong spiritual peace. <laughs> and for me, it was kind of the same. And I was always very into spirituality and um, introspection and self-discovery and, and all of that stuff. So I feel like yoga just kind of went hand in hand with yeah. those interests. Um, and it was really, really helpful for me just in finding that center, um, which I don't feel like I had in any other aspect of life. Like it just brought me to a place where I was serene and I was content and calm and, you know, just, just on a different level. I think that's so cool. And like, obviously like I mean, I practice yoga in a very different way. Like I'm not a professional. I just, you know, enjoy the breathing and the stretching. And, you know, I do find that it helps with my anxiety. Um, And so that coupled with like medication is very helpful. Um, But in terms of like your, your training, I know there's different types of trainings and like there's different types of yoga, like, you know, so maybe if you could explain to the listeners like a little bit about the differences, maybe that could be helpful for sure. people. Yeah. Um, so I did my 200 hour training in Hatha yoga, which is kind of like the overarching mm. yogic system and kind of the other forms of yoga are, are all kind of like branched off from from Hatha. Mm. Um, the way I look at it is Hatha is like a slow and steady movement and focusing on like slow and steady breath connecting with that movement. Um, so I love it. I think it, the reason I stick with it and think it's so important is because I think it really does help us embody, like connects with our bodies because you're holding poses for longer you're really getting into the breath. Um, so you're feeling muscles working and you're really like coming into the present moment. I don't think a lot of other types of movements really offer those two things simultaneously. Um, and then you have vinyasa, which is like hatha, but more faster, um, more upbeat. You're flowing. So it's like working on the same sequences a few times throughout the class. Um And I also love teaching the relaxation yoga. Like I love teaching restorative yoga and yin yoga as well, which are both just like (laughs) super deep stretch and yin yoga and like super meditative and relaxing and restorative yoga. I feel (laughs) like we all need that a hundred percent. Yes, we do. So, um, so we talked about how like the progression of, of like your, your business growth and, you know, the pandemic hit and like you had a studio in person and then, you know, then you transitioned to like virtual kind of stuff. And now you're doing local stuff on like Long Island on the beach, which is so cool. So for anyone that lives in Long Island or in Queens, you know, we'll have all the info in the um, description box or show notes or whatever it's called. Um, (laughs) This isn't a YouTube video. This is a podcast, Lenny. Um, And so let's talk about Beat Mind Soul. 
Um, so after my studio closed, <laughs> another time where I was like, shit, <laughs> <laughs> why, what is happening? I thought I was going to be doing that for yeah. the long haul. Um, like, no, life had other plans. <laughs> so again, I had yeah. to figure out what the hell was going on. Um, so I don't even know, like, how it got started. I I, I decided I wanted to go online mm. um, because while I love teaching, I was feeling super burnt out and, like, I thought just making some on-demand videos instead of, like, teaching live classes mm-hmm. all the time would be a little easier yeah. for me ener- energetically, um, which it's not. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I, I feel, I don't feel the same burnout anymore no. as I yeah. did back then. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I just started there and, uh, I, I it's gone through a few iterations since yeah. I came up with the idea um but I had the the main idea behind it was that I had taken some yoga classes with like deep house music and like just regular music that I I love music is a huge part of this and um I think music heals and that's why it's so special to me so yeah. I wanted to bring it out there to other people um, so the idea was to put yoga to like fun other types of music. Um, That's um, so that, cool. Yeah, that caused some complications just with like, like I was saying, yeah. figuring out how to record yeah, yeah, and yeah. licensing and copyright. And so I kind of left that behind for a little bit, and now yeah, I'm now coming you're... back to it. <laughs> That's I think that's so cool. So it's like your your classes will be like your 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 obviously your practices but like it'll have like music to go with it yeah. as well so you can select like you know a class with like music that you feel like in the mood for kind of thing yeah like I love 90s so there's always gonna be 90s and you know EDM and like all that kind of stuff um because aside from yoga, I do also have my personal training certification. So I'm going to be doing resistance band training yeah. classes also. Um, another similar to yoga, I feel like it just really helps you sink in and connect with yeah. body, which is why I think movement is so important in the first place. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting because when, when you think about like diet culture and movement, it 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 kind of created this scenario where we we become so detached from how we actually feel and we kind of focus on like what we sh- what we think we should be doing or following a certain workout program or diet or whatever and then it like completely disrupts your ability to listen to what your body is saying it silences what your body is trying to tell you cuz then your body stops telling you things because you aren't listening to it and it's trying to survive And then in terms of movement, if you're not like listening to how your body feels or, you know, what actually feels good versus like what you like, quote unquote, think you should be doing, um, it's a very disruptive process and it creates more, more stress in the body, not only just mentally, but like physically as well. So I think it's an important point that you made that like becoming more in tune with yourself is actually more beneficial for your health versus like forcing yourself to do some like stupid 
I don't know, PX 90 P whatever that thing is, or, you know, <laughs> any of those ridiculous classes. Yeah. I think it's two sides of the same coin, really. Like, I feel like a disordered relationship with food causes disordered yeah. relationships with lots of other things, movements, especially. And I know, speaking from experience, like, forcing myself into all these crazy diets has also maybe mm. forced myself into all of these crazy exercise routines. And like, I've always loved exercising, but I feel like it was just coming from such a unhealthy place. place. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and I also feel like part of that was being so dissatisfied and unhappy with my body mm. that like, I didn't feel like I was allowed to love fitness and, and movement because I was a large person. Yeah. Um, it, it's all weirdly connected. A hundred percent. I think that also causes a, a disconnect for a lot of people. Like yeah. the only reason I'm moving is because I don't like my body. <laughs> and literally like that's the worst reason. And it's so annoying because the fact is like with social media has birthed so many good things like podcasts and like you know professionals that actually are going to help you and then there's a lot of like crap out there where like you have people masking that they're promoting body positivity or self-love and this this and that but then they're showing progress pics and weight loss pics and oh yeah I'm down I've never felt you know, so good in my body. Like the idea is that like you feel good in your body, regardless of like what size it is or what your weight is or what, um, you know, whether you like what it looks like or not. And that kind of mm -hmm. falls into body neutrality, which like you just had a blog post out on that, um, recently. And I feel like maybe talking a little bit about that would be a cool topic for us to discuss because I think, um, you know, I, I've spoken about what body neutrality is and what body positivity is, but I think in, in terms of healing your relationship with like food and movement and with yourself really, right. Um, it's so important and it's such a great way to like, think of it. Yeah. I think it's hard for a lot of people. Cause I think, um, just in the world in general, we live in polarities where it's like, I hate my body or I love my body. <laughs> like there, it's possible to be in the middle of that and not, not in the middle of hating your body, but more of just like, I'm okay with my body. You know, I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's yeah. just kind of, it's there. It's doing a lot for me. It's working hard. Um, I, I think the body is super cool. Yeah. Like part of the reason I love working out is because I like seeing what my body can do and the shapes that it makes as it's yeah. lifting things and stuff, you know? Um, and I think that it's important for people to realize that it's okay to, to live there. You don't always have to be like, exactly. Ooh, my body, you know, because a yeah. lot of the times, you know, it doesn't work out that way <laughs> and 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 that's completely normal and fine and like something that I always explain to people is like a lot of people sometimes like if they look at like my Instagram page or like they'll think like oh wow you're so confident and stuff like that and it's kind of like more of the fact that like I accepted my body and like regardless of where it is like it's fine like I may not love it I may purposely not check in the mirror a lot, 
you know, like body check and things like that. But like at the end of the day, like I'm still going to nourish it. I'm still going to move it, move it in a way that makes me feel good. And it's not because I'm trying to shrink it or change it. You know, it, that it's going to do that on its own. Like whatever way it wants to go is the way that it's going to want to go. And I, I found that like it, making peace with with myself was like such a huge step it was like such a big thing because like for so long I was like oh you know yeah I'm in a bigger size body but like I'm losing weight and I'm a dietitian and this and that and it was like I constantly felt the need to have to like prove myself Mm -hmm. and it was exhausting every single meal being stressed out like oh this has too many carbs or you know uh you know carbs were like a big thing for me so like I mean I remember very vividly us you and I sitting in the pod and like (laughs) I don't know if you remember those like we would eat like the hummus and pretzels and stuff or like the bean chips and I remember being like so hungry but like oh this is like my carb allotment for the day and like it was just so like ridiculous yeah and we'd go to the market and get like two buffalo meatballs and be like oh you know whatever with the brussels sprouts or the cauliflower (laughs) no carbs yeah and that would be like the main meal for the day and And we would why am i so hungry (laughs) and we would be in school from like 8 or 9 a.m to like sometimes really late like mnt medical nutrition therapy that class was like 6 30 i think so we would be in school all day long and like we were being so ridiculous like yeah and you know that's disconnecting from your body right there it's like i just had two meatballs and chips why am i hungry again i wonder why i only had two meatballs and chips yeah (laughs) and i remember one time i we were studying it was in a class i don't remember which one but like one of us started passing around a bag of m&ms and like so many of the girls were like no i'm not gonna have any m&ms do you remember that i do i think that was during our internship was it yeah there's someone bought like a huge bag of candy and I know I was like, because ah, we were so effing starving. Yeah. <laughs> but I just remember like people like, oh, my God, you're going to eat that. And it was like, I already felt like uncomfortable because I was already like, you know, bigger than everyone else. And then I'm eating M&Ms and it's like this whole like mental thing. And it's like, no wonder I was like binging like a psychopath. Yeah. You know? Seriously. So, you know, I think. That's that's a surefire way to continue the disconnection. Yeah, there, and, and and so letting go of that control over like what we eat and how we move our body, it's like so terrifying at the beginning because you're like, oh my god, like what's gonna happen? And it's like I promise, like the world doesn't end. Like yeah, it'll be the best thing for you. You'll feel the best ever, even if you end up in a larger size body. Yeah, and I honestly feel like a huge part of it too, like you said, self-acceptance. But I think part of self-acceptance is accepting that you're not the same every day. Like your mental state changes, the way you feel about yourself changes. And to think you're going to wake up every day, like go body or, you know, whatever. (laughs) Like that's not going to happen. And even in body neutrality, some days you will love your body. Some days you'll feel proud of it. Some days you'll still be upset. 
felt like self-acceptance is learning how to roll with that and exactly finding a stability within all of that you know (laughs) instead of like spiraling like saying oh I woke up today I don't I don't like how I look and then you subconsciously start to think like oh maybe I should work out harder or I should not eat as much or skip a meal and that kind of like puts you into that that never-ending like hamster wheel of the dieting and the binging and the restricting and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You know, the the self-acceptance is the connection with body. Like, it, I always describe it as like a hole. When you're disconnected from your body, there's a hole there for other things to come in. And yeah. usually it, it's coping mechanisms and... Yeah negative self-talk and all these things um but when you start to close that hole and come back to yourself all of that stuff really just starts to go away and maybe not fully but you just learn how to handle it yeah (laughs) yeah you definitely learn how to like cope with it better Mm -hmm. and so in terms of yoga in general would you say that most people would benefit from some sort of practice and like if so like how often or like if they're like a new person who's never done yoga before and they then when they when they think of yoga they think of like some person turning themselves into a pretzel like hanging upside down and stuff like that and it could be very intimidating yeah um I always think movement in general is for everybody yoga is for everybody everybody can do yoga um I know a lot of people say oh I'm not flexible enough for yoga I'm like you know that's not a reason to not try it yoga is a tool to to help you stretch and to help you get there and you know I I've used stiffness as blockage like it's stored energy so as you start to move yoga that energy can kind of disperse through your body um, and you get more flexible by doing it. Not that that's an end goal, but you know, as far as the reason why people don't want to try it, I think that yeah. Yeah, that's sure. like the number one most common <laughs> that I hear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, every, everyone should do yoga <laughs> there for so many different reasons. Yeah. yeah. And I think like, especially if you're like doing some sort of other movement in your life, whether it's like running or playing sports or weightlifting, like it really could benefit like your joints and your, you know, uh, lowering your, um, what's the word, like not getting injured, like helping your body become used to like being stretched and doing certain poses and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, there's a whole rich history in yoga, and I don't want to ignore that or do a disservice to it because that is a huge part of the whole practice of yoga. But for me, I think the physical and mental benefits are where I like to focus the most and where I see it just helping so many people. (laughs) Um, So I really think that yeah, even for those reasons alone. You want to like explain? Try it. Could you explain a little bit more in detail about that? Because I think that's 
again like when you think of yoga like most people especially coming from like long island like you know where we live like it has a certain connotation of like small thin white wealthy women like going to their yoga class and then like going to get you know their hair blown out and stuff like that and it's just yoga is so much more than that and yeah I feel it, like the white washing yeah. of yoga oh it's okay the white washing of yoga takes away like the origin and like like how I'm sure there's different countries that practice differently and you know the history of it I, I think that is such an important part of you know, discussing how, like, why it's so important. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny how it's, like, translated to the United States because it originated (laughs) with brown people (laughs) in India. And I think that, you know, that tends to get lost. Um, And I, I think anyone doing yoga is a good thing but I think that to erase all of that yeah is doing it a whole disservice and there's just so much in yoga to unpack that I I definitely won't do it just <laughs> but um it's more than just the physical practice it's really like a whole way of living and like a whole kind of system of how to meditate, how to keep yourself clean and your body and your home and and all of this stuff, how to live a cruelty-free life. Like it's, there's just so many pieces um, that kind of all go together, uh, including the physical practice as well. That's just like the tip of the iceberg. No, that's so interesting. And spirituality is obviously like such a huge component of it. And for you, what does that mean? Like in your, in terms of like practice within yourself? Um, I think uh, spirituality to me has always been synonymous with self-exploration. And I think that that it's a huge piece of mental health in general is um, we have to not be afraid to go back and look at the things that have happened to us and see how that has impacted us and how we can improve upon that. Um, So for me, that's always been a huge thing throughout my life. Um, I journal a lot. I write a lot. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that's my way of introspecting. But there's tons of ways to do it. And I think for me, that's what spirituality means. And, and I think it, more people should do it. Yeah. Because I think, you know, a lot of people may may personally follow like some sort of organized religion, but like they're not very spiritual and they don't really know how to like look inside themselves and like, you know, do the work that you're referring to. So I think that it's a, a great way to show that like there's another way for you to like kind of address those things and if you're feeling like we said disconnected in so many different ways like this could be a great way to like bring you back to yourself mm-hmm. I think finding that connection with body is is huge um, and can just do so much just by encouraging that connection but you know spirituality is addressing body mind and soul so you have to be doing all different kinds mm-hmm. of work at the same time as the physical component as well. I think that's so cool. And it it's something that I think a lot of us may be lacking. 
you know, especially when we've just been on like autopilot for so long and just like following these diets or, you know, this way of thinking for so long and like really like eroded our ability to just listen to ourselves and talk with ourselves and and our mental health, which is such a big component. And, you know, in in the other episode, we talked about like your your realization of like your mental health obstacles and things like that. Would you say that your yoga practice changed over time? Um, yeah. So at the time when I did my teacher training, I was super heavy into my yoga practice. I became vegetarian, which, you know, as much as I love yoga, that was not a good decision for mm. my body. <laughs> I am a carnivore, omnivore through and through, and vegetarianism just wasn't it. But anyway, <laughs> I was super into it. I was practicing like five or six days a week. Mm. Um, and I feel like as I've kind of bridged the gap between body and mind, I haven't been as regular in my practice, my personal practice. Um, I'm not really sure why that is, but I still feel that yoga is like in me, like it's mm-hmm. a piece of me. And now maybe my job is just to bring it to other people yeah. um, instead of like hardcore going at it myself all the time. Yeah, you know, I still practice, but it's not as intense as it was before. <laughs> And so like the style of yoga that you practice, like, does it change based on like your mood or like your energy or how you're feeling or like, oh, what could, what do I need today? Like, yeah, um, I think I, I, I used to just wing my classes and was like the energy of the room will guide me, but I, I've even started getting a little more <laughs> grounded in the way that I teach now. I'm like, I'll have a, a class plan or general Mm -hmm. outline but I always ask my students like what do you need from me today you know (laughs) how are you feeling what do you want to work on and so it's a combo of both I think and and being prepared (laughs) I definitely wong wong is that a word I definitely winged a lot of like our school life like I remember like (laughs) having to then the night before my case study where we had to like present it and I was literally like making the PowerPoint like 10 o'clock at night and now it's like oh my god 10 o'clock at night I would be like dead asleep um but I think it's I think it's so cool that like you're flexible with that so like something that'll be cool about your on-demand classes is that like you'll have like topics I guess or like like let's say someone is feeling I don't know sad like an uplifting class kind of thing or like oh you know tired you know or something to wind you down so like I feel like that's a really cool thing to like be able to have those options available yeah for sure so the the on demand is going to be three classes every week but they're going to be a hatha yoga with a meditation at the end a resistance band training class with a deep stretch at the end and then a deep stretch class also with meditation so you know and the energy of all three classes will change every week it it, I really do bring 
myself and my energy and I put it into the class and the way I teach. So that's so cool. We'll see. <laughs> and so are like, let's say like each week, like if you miss the classes, do they disappear or like, are they just going to be stored in a library and you could just go back anytime? Yeah. So every time I upload, it's just gonna be in be the there. backlog, back library. You can always access them. Um, yeah, they'll be there. <laughs> I think that's so cool. Cause like, I know for me personally, like if I really like something, I like to do it like over and over again or like oh I remember like this this practice felt really good after like a heavy leg day and it's like more hip focus and stuff like that so like I like to you know I'm like a creature of habit so that also falls into (laughs) the movement that I do as well so I think that's really cool to have that option yeah for sure like I said you know my most important thing is just helping people move and normalizing movement for everybody I am a large person and I love to move and I want to put that out there for everyone you don't have to be scared literally everyone can do it yeah there's modifications there's props you can use um and I do my best to offer all of those in the classes as well I think that's so cool. So I know we, we talked briefly about that, but I know like the old version of me um, used to think of like modifications or like using props as like, oh, because I'm big, like I can't do this type of thing. Um, And I've learned that like it, any size person may not be able to do certain things or, you know, depending on, you know, your soreness from like, if you did another workout or just like, whatever the reason may be, your body isn't the same as it was yesterday or the day before. So could you talk a little bit about like how that's not like, that's like a myth and then maybe, um, give everyone a little bit of an insight into what, what different props are and how they could be helpful in your, you know, your yoga practice. Yeah. Um, Dude, props for the best. <laughs> I used to think that too. Like, oh, I'm an advanced yogi. I don't need blocks. I don't need a blanket. Like, yeah, if they're there, use them because they're they're not a sign that you can't do something. Yeah. They're actually a sign that you're like really working to get into something. Um, like blocks. I love blocks. Um they're so good. Like you can use them to raise up the floor. Like if you're not feeling like you can bend all the way over or can't touch your toes or whatever, you can bring blocks under your hands. Um, they're also really nice to lay on. Like one of my favorite poses is a restorative bridge. Mm. You bring a block under your sacrum, your lower spine. And it's just so nice to like, let the hips, yeah. <laughs> let the hips go. Um, so yeah, uh, blankets are another one of my favorite props, um, just because who doesn't love a blanket? <laughs> yeah. And uh, you can use them uh, in, in a lot of the same ways that you use blocks and bolsters, which are another really nice prop for um, restorative yoga. And then another great prop is a strap. Mm. Um, and that's like similar to blocks. If you can't reach something, you can use the strap to help you. You can use the strap to open your leg a little wider. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just extends your reach um, in ways that you wouldn't be able to do without it. So, you know, 
props are badass. And I yeah. think it's really showing, you know, it, it's not showing. It doesn't matter what you're showing. No. It matters. No, in I get here. what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but you mean you know, like it's, it, it can enhance your practice. It's not like hindering it or meaning that like you're not doing a good job or like there's something wrong with you. Right. They're just there as a guide. And then eventually if you practice with the props, one day you may find that you don't need them anymore because, oh, wow, look, I can reach the floor because the blocks have helped me yeah. reach, extend my flexibility, you know? So it's just a progress, not perfection. <laughs> I love that so much. And as a fellow perfectionist, um, <laughs> you know, I think it's just a, an interesting way. And, and you had posted something like recently on your Instagram which of course I'll have it linked in the um, show notes but like I was like what blocks do you recommend because like when you look online it's like I don't know there's just so many like I know I think you said there's like firmer and then softer ones yeah I think you know depending on what you're going to use it for uh, like if you know you're going to be doing more relaxing things with it a softer block might make more sense if you're using it for balance or you're like putting more weight on it, a firmer one might make more sense. Um, somewhere in the middle, if you're going to use it for both things, but you know, it, it's just a matter of doing research. There are a lot of brands out there, mm -hmm. but um, as long as you find something that works for you. Yeah. I think that's so cool. And I like how accessible this, this virtual class library on demand is because I think a lot of people um, feel intimidated going into classes. And so like, let's say people aren't in New York and they can't come see you in person. Um, there's like a lot of places across the country where like they may not have any yoga studios or if they do, um, they may be intimidated or the people there may not be as uh, normalized in terms of like body size diversity and things like that. So I think it's a really good place for people to be able to like start, like if you're kind of interested in it, to be able to be in a space that makes you feel comfortable. You could be in your home um, and, you know, not kind of feel that like dread of like, oh, going to class and are they going to be looking at me or, you know, unfortunately, like these are the real. this is the reality of like many places when it comes to working out, um, yeah. which I've definitely talked about on like Instagram a lot being like annoyingly approached by people in the gym that work there that don't work there giving me recommendations meanwhile their form is terrible um and you know it's just annoying so I like the idea of being able to start at home and kind of do it at at your own speed yeah I think the yoga studio is a very intimidating place for someone who's just walking in um like even for me I'd been practicing for a long time and in my teacher training every day there was this one woman who was like you're such an inspiration to me and I'm like you mean Why? Me living <laughs> my freaking life yeah like I practice yoga just like you do and you um, know we're both in this teacher training like you're not an inspiration to me so <laughs> You know, it's just because I'm fat. No. What, what yeah, no, unfortunately. Is like, yeah, so I think that, uh, yeah, I just want people to be able to move how they're comfortable and where they're comfortable. <laughs> I think that's so cool. 
And I think it's going to be so great. Um, we're obviously recording this pre-release of um, the on-demand stuff. So when this episode is live, you will be able to uh, get in on that. Yes, Woo-hoo. for sure. I just raised the room. Yeah. Yes, I still do that regularly. <laughs> um, are there any... Thing, is there anything else that, that we didn't talk about that you think would be important for everyone to kind of know or um, other information that, that we could provide? Obviously, all the links will be in the show notes. Um, but for anyone listening, I assume they're probably like in the car right now or like folding laundry. I feel like that's what like people do when they listen to a podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so <laughs> if there's anything else that you think that we should leave the listeners with um yeah I just think the main takeaway is don't be afraid to move um anyone can and there's so many more reasons to do it than aesthetic reasons um actually that's probably like the last last. reason that you should do it um you know it just helps you feel good. It helps your mind. It helps your body. And I think everyone should move how they can. Whatever brings you joy, just do it. <laughs> I love that so much, Lisa. Thank you so much for coming back. And I'm so excited for this release. And everyone, again, I will leave all of Lisa's information and the links for everything in the show notes. Um, and please give Beat Mind Soul a follow on Instagram. Are you are you on any other? Um, no. Okay, Instagram. I TikTok. Couldn't do it. Uh, Instagram. <laughs> um, I'm not young enough for TikTok anymore. <laughs> Lisa, thank you so much. Thank you. This was great. It was so good. And everyone, thank you for listening. And I will see you guys next week.